I'm here with Annie Leonard. She's the author of the film The Future of Stuff. The Story of Stuff. The Story of Stuff, absolutely. All of the stuff in our lives, from electronics to personal care products to cards and more, take a hidden toll on the environment, public health, community well-being, and even our levels of happiness. Annie Leonard is the director of The Story of Stuff and the author of The Story of Stuff. In December 2007, she released a 20-minute Story of Stuff web film that took viewers on a provocative and eye-opening tour of the often hidden cost of our consumer-driven culture. The film has generated more than 10 million views in over 200 countries. So, Annie, uh, I got a chance to catch a little bit of your talk, and especially caught the last word of your talk, which was fun. And I thought we'd pick it up right from here. How can we make it fun? to reduce our stuff, because usually what we think is the more stuff, the more fun. But well, fun is really key to this, and people will find that it's fun to reduce their stuff if they take the time that they were investing in accumulating more stuff and invest that into the things that actually provide real happiness. There's an emerging study of the science of happiness and what actually provides happiness and, and enjoyment in life, and it turns out that once your basic needs are met, once you have food and clothes and a roof over your head, your basic needs are met, the things that actually provide more happiness are not things. It's not a new iPad or a new pair of boots or a car, even if it's a Prius. Um, the things that actually provide happiness across um, societies, across age groups, across income groups, it's very consistent. It's the quality of our social relationships. It's having a sense of purpose or meaning in life. It's time with your friends and family. And it's the act of coming together with others towards shared goals. But we're in this crazy situation in our society where we're working harder than ever, watching so much TV, spending so much time shopping that we're spending less and less time on those things that actually make people happy. So the result is we have more cooler, fancier stuff. We have big flat screen TVs and huge cars and huge houses and all this stuff, but we have fewer friends. So we, our stuff is great, but we're increasingly lonely. And so if we can scale back on our consumption, buy less stuff, not only does that help the planet, because the planet simply can't sustain our level of consumption, not only does it help our personal economy, because we can begin to chip away at our personal credit card debts, but it frees up time that we can invest with our friends and family and others coming together towards shared goals, which actually is what makes people happy. So speak to us about the word story, because um, you have the story of stuff, the story of electronics. Your next uh, film or book be the story of citizenship or citizens. Mm -hmm. uh, so where do you get that word story? What, what does it mean to you? You know, I was a, a late learner to the importance of storytelling. I had been working on environmental issues for over 20 years. I was really obsessed with pollution and toxic chemicals and garbage. And I hadn't realized that as my expertise grew, my ability to communicate and to connect with people shrunk. 
And I was for a while under this um, illusion that it was actually facts that would win, that we would convince policymakers by showing them the data about what was wrong with our current trajectory. I was under that illusion that the truth will set us free. And I like to tell people, actually, the truth will not set us free because if it would, we would be free because we have the truth. You know, we have mounds of very solid data about the, the very serious crisis that our planet and our ecological systems are in. And so it took me a while to realize that facts, um, they, they, com- they convince a part of our brain, but they don't convince our hearts. They might intellectually convince somebody that something is wrong or that something could be better, but they don't inspire us to get involved. They don't inspire people to get connected and join a campaign. And so I learned um, over the years that connecting with people was more important than bombarding them with factual information, with um, charts and data, that um, the real way that we're going to build enough power to take this country back, to get our economy back on track, is by building a stronger community. And, And that kind of connecting and community building comes by sharing stories finding commonalities in each of our life narratives, not by just constantly bombarding people with facts. Of course the facts matter, and and our stories and our analysis and our action needs to be based on solid understanding of the facts. But when you lead with facts, it actually ends up excluding people and and leaving people feeling guilt or confusion or or powerlessness. When we lead with stories, we find the connections among all of us, and that's how we're going to build a strong enough community to make change in this country. That's beautiful because uh, if you tell me, for instance, that uh, uh, a certain percentage of my computer is um, a material that's found in the Congo, uh, I don't really care. But if, like, Evansler tells me that part of what's in my computer is a particular component that contributes to women being raped in the Congo, then I don't want to walk into the store and buy another computer. Absolutely. It it reminds me often of this famous line from the um, community organizer Saul Alinsky. He said, talk to people where they're at, not where you're at. So as an organizer, I've learned over the years to restrain myself from when I meet someone new, just bombarding them with data about garbage and pollution, which is sometimes hard for me to restrain because it's such compelling data. But instead what I do is I ask people questions and I listen. And I listen in their stories and their narratives for points which overlap with my values and my concerns and the data I have, and then find those entree points. So if someone's a new mother, for example, might want to talk about how to protect their child's environment health. If someone's working on um, the huge problem of economic inequity and growing unemployment, let's talk about green jobs and the potential to provide safe, healthy jobs for people. There's lots of commonalities among all of us if we can take a deep breath and listen to each other's stories rather than just charging ahead with our charts and facts. So what impact has it had on your life to have a uh, viral video on YouTube? Um, Well, the story of stuff film has bolstered my hope enormously. I mean, I tend to be very optimistic anyway because there's so many solutions to all these problems. But what's really just um, fueled my hope even more is the incredible response that this film has gotten. It's been seen by now over by over 12 million people, um, and we every day get thousands and thousands of emails and letters, literally from all over the world, from people who say, "Yes, I agree." You know, what can I do to help? I feel like the film sort of tapped into a growing sense of 
dis-ease among the public and a, and a growing desire to make the world better. And it is just so reassuring and exciting to know how many people are on the same page, how many people know that environmentally, socially, economically, we're not on a good path and we can do better. So I feel more optimistic than ever. This is good. This is wonderful. So, Annie Leonard, what's the story of electronics? A Story Electronics comes out on November 9th. For anybody who's not yet on our list, please sign up on our webpage at storyofstuff.org or our Facebook page of the Story of Stuff Project, and then we'll let you know each time we make a new film. The Story of Electronics looks at planned obsolescence. It looks at why is it that our electronic devices are loaded with toxic chemicals and designed to break practically as soon as we get them home. One of my friends says the only consumer product with a shorter lifespan than a cell phone these days is an ice cream cone. But it's just absolutely it's insane the amount of materials and energy and work that goes into making these things and we literally treat them like ice cream cones. We just treat them as disposable. And so the, the point here is not to make people feel guilty about having electronics because we all want music. We all want the ability to get information and to communicate with friends near and far. But we shouldn't have to be poisoned for that. We shouldn't have to be in, connected to be, women being raped in the Congo and factory, factory workers in China being you know, jumping off buildings because of the pressure of the building. I mean, the whole electronic supply chain is enormously integrated or connected with human rights abuses, health problems, just disasters on the environmental front. It shouldn't have to be that way, and it doesn't need to be that way. So the story of electronics is a call to electronic manufacturers to make them safe, and make them last. I mean, electronics designers are geniuses. You know, they they can put the computing power that used to take up an entire room into our wristwatches. I mean, they are geniuses. We're saying, good job, guys. Now apply some of that genius to making them safe and making them last. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, project <laughs> to um, convince the people who make my cell phone to not make it obsolete in two years. But we can't convince them. We can just share the story, and then we need people who want to participate to convince them. So with each of our films, we've partnered with organizations that are on the front lines working on this. So with the story of cosmetics, we partnered with the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics, an excellent coalition that's working to get toxic chemicals out of personal care products. With the story of bottled water, we partnered with five different organizations that are working to get rid of bottled water and to ensure clean, safe water for everybody. And with the story of electronics, we partnered with the Electronics Take Back Coalition, which is a fabulous campaign of all different organizations that are working to make the electronics industry safe and, and healthy. Okay, and uh, let's close with the, the story of citizens. Or? It's actually the story of Citizens United, okay. which is an ironic name because um, it sounds like a good thing, Citizens United. But Citizens United is the name of the Supreme Court decision last year in which the Supreme Court gave corporations the right for um, basically unlimited freedom of speech to influence elections. And so um, when you say story of Citizens United, it sounds positive. So we might end up with a different name. But right. it is the story about how corporations got freedom of speech in our democracy and how that's skewing our democracy to benefit the corporations rather than the people. So we're working with Public Citizen on this and we're calling for a constitutional amendment that says the free the right to free speech is for people, not for corporations, and which is an important first step in getting our democracy back. This is really wonderful. 
Annie, would, would you like to say something in closing? Well, please come to our website. All of our films are available free for anyone to watch and download. We have lots of other information. We have um, free curriculums for educators that want to use this information in their classrooms. And we have free um, action guides for religious communities. We've been contacted by literally thousands of faith-based communities who loved the film and wanted more. So I'm really excited about a series of study guides that we've produced. We've done one for Christian youth and Jewish youth. And right now we're working on one for Muslim youth. And it's a six-week um, participatory project where teen groups in the um, faith communities can look at their relationship with environment, with consumption, with sustainability through the lens of their spiritual beliefs. So all these resources and more are available at storyofstuff.org. Thank you, Annie Leonard, and thank you for working for all of us. Thank you. Future Primitive is made possible by the Marion Institute. If you enjoy these podcasts, Please consider supporting our work by making a tax-deductible contribution online at futureprimitive.org.